Good. Well, we are still in the book of John, and uh, if you want to take notes today, grab um, your phone, something. You're gonna wanna, you're gonna wanna at least write down the points today. Um, so grab your phone. But I'm just gonna read um, out of the uh, John 11:17 to 27 for you. Um, if you would look this way, on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Everybody say four days. Now, Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to confront the, uh, to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Verse 23, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection of the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die in verse 26, and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. Would you bow your heads? Lord, I pray that today as we open up John 11, that you would speak to us in a special way today. Lord, that we would hear your voice that not we wouldn't just hear my voice, Lord, but we would hear directly from heaven today. Lord, maybe there's something that we need to be confronted about. Maybe there's a change that needs to be made. We pray that you'd speak to us in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. So glad you're here today. You're looking good. Nice jerseys, some of you. We got, what are we, old school here? We got redskins on the front row. Come on, let's give it up for David, being defiant. <laughs> um, but have you ever heard these uh, Christian sayings, right? You, you go to, you've, if you've been in church long enough, you've heard some Christian sayings like, God is good all the time. All the time, God is good, right? Let go and let God. Have you ever heard that one? What are we letting? I, I understand, but have you ever heard this one? He's always on time. Have you ever heard that one? I don't know if I agree with that in our perspective. He may be on time in his way of doing things, but I don't know about our time. He was about four days late for Lazarus, right? He was in, like, we just read the story. Sometimes to us, it feels like he's late, but guess what? He is never late. But I'll tell you this. I don't know if he's ever early either, right? You know, like they, they talk about preventative maintenance on your vehicle. If you're one of those people who are like, I'm debt free, I do the preventative, all the preventative maintenance, well, good for you. Like, you are, like. <laughs> but is he ever early? I don't know the answer to that part. But God is always on time, and God is on his own timetable, 
right? He created time, and guess what? He is outside of time. Time does not do anything to him. You know what? My wife and I, we are on our own timetables. When she says, give me five, my man brain says, five minutes. Right? Anybody, any other men in the room is like, that sounds about right? Nope, not to her. No, 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 no. That might be five groups of five minutes, so 25 minutes. Might be, who knows? I don't know. Give me five but we're all different. We all have a different timetable, right? We start church at 10 a.m. to some of you. Some of you that got here at 10.10, we love you too. Don't worry. So we have this, we have this situation if you look back at the beginning of John 11, we have these Mary who anointed Jesus. We have her sister Martha. Remember the situation they had with Jesus? Martha was busy doing all the things. Mary was at Jesus' feet. And then their brother Lazarus. So this is not in the Bible, but you know what? This was a close friendship, and it may have been even a friendship they had from the time they were kids. Right? They may have just grown up with Jesus. It was normal what Jesus was doing in their life because it was their buddy, right? You probably have people in your life where where you have a relationship like that. So today I wanna I wanna share a couple ideas for you. You ready? Write this one down. Number one, a waiting season doesn't have to be a wasted season. A waiting season doesn't have to be a wasted season. Ask the Dallas Cowboys. They have not won a championship since 1996. I'm just kidding. They, I don't think they have any hope. But we do. Amen? Amen? Can you maybe imagine for a moment... Like me and like you, you probably have a dry season once in a while in your life. Maybe a season where you're waiting for something to happen or you've been praying, God, please let this happen. And some of us in that waiting season, we start twiddling our thumbs. I'm just going to wait here. I believe that God in that waiting season is asking us for it not to be a wasted season. That we keep doing what he's calling us to do to move forward in our faith. Amen? It can be a good season. You're like, no, I don't like waiting, Pastor Landon. None of us do, right? We don't like waiting in lines. At Disney, there's lots of lines. At fast food, there's lots of lines. Waiting is not what we want to do. I did some waiting this week. We're waiting for our baby to be born. Guess what? The baby's not born yet. My wife is right over there. (laughs) Can we give it up for Pastor Tara today? Man, she's awesome. You know what? Moms are pretty special people, right? 
That's just a side note. Moms, you are superheroes. If you stay home with your kids, you're even extra, extra, extra superhero. But I did some waiting this week, and I'm like, okay, because I had some date in mind. I'm like, oh, this is going to be the day. Guess what? It did not happen. (laughs) And so last night I'm there, because Pastor Mark was going to preach today if I wasn't here. So last night I'm like, oh, I better get to the sermon. I'm half kidding. Um, I knew what I was preaching on. That was at least the first part. But guess what? Mary and Martha didn't waste the season. Guess what they did? Look what it says in verse 11, 3. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll read it in a minute. But guess what? Lazarus was sick, so guess what they did? So the sisters sent word to Jesus. They wrote a letter. Everybody say Letter. Not an email, a letter. They wrote a letter or wrote a little note to Jesus, and here is what it said. Lord, the one you love is sick. Lord, the one you love is sick. Have you ever prayed a prayer like that before? Lord, the one you love is sick. A lot of times when things aren't going right, guess what we do? We worry. Any worriers in the house? You're worried about putting your hand up, aren't you? Like, I don't want to do it. You know what? Worry, I feel like worry, not because of God, but worry that we have. Guess what worry does? It gets us further away from God. Why? Because we're focused on ourselves and we're focused on the problem instead of focused on the king. Guess what we should do instead of worrying? Instead, while we wait, we worship. Worship while you wait. Amen? Don't worry. Worship while you wait. Wait. Worship, instead of worry taking you further away from God because that's you, you're focused on the problem rather than on the problem solver. And now when you're worshiping, you guess what you're doing? You're focusing on the one who can solve all the problems. Amen? Are you with me today? Look what it says in James 4.8. It says, come near to God and he will what? Come near to you. Amen? So while we wait, we worship. Amen? Don't worry. Wait and worship at the same time. But guess what, church? In America, we have this little problem. It's called, it's a real word, short-termism. And guess what that means? We need it right now. I need the answer. I need the money. I need the relationship. I need all of it. Let it rain. Right? That's why we invented microwaves. But I'll tell you what. What I've noticed at our house is the food from the crock pot is way better than the food from the microwave. The food on the smoker from Howie Matthews is way better than the food in my microwave. 
And guess what? It takes some time. It takes some waiting. And guess what we can do while we wait? We can worship. What do we can do while we wait? Few of you got it. I'm blessed. And we start counting down the days until God shows up. And we have this idea of how God should do it, right? Mary and Martha had this idea. If Jesus just shows up and heals Lazarus right, Lazarus right now, then everything will be okay. The one you love is sick. And guess what that is in, in, uh, for guys, okay? Can I tell all the guys what that means? For women, they just kind of say some things. <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble, aren't I? They're like, the one you love is sick, so what do you want me to do about it? Me, a guy would just be like, hey, Lazarus is sick. Can you come on over and heal him, please? That's the guy version. <laughs> oh, man, I'm getting in trouble, aren't I? But we have an idea of what we want God to do, and while we're waiting, we're like, we're planning it, planning God's plan for him. Guess what? God's above our plan. He has a bigger plan. Everybody say bigger. His plan is much bigger than just showing up and saying, oh, Lazarus, you're sick, healed. He can do that. He could do it from where he was. When he got the letter, he could just be like, all right, healed. He wouldn't even have to say anything. He could be healed. But before he does something through us, he wants to do something in us. And I find a lot of times we're in a stressful situation, when we're in a time where we may be worrying, when we're in a time where we don't know the end of the story, when we're in a time where someone might be sick, Guess what? God is, if we allow him to, guess what? He's going to do something in us. And if we just surpass all of the crock pot and all of the smoker, we just get that nasty meal from the microwave. Right? Because we, we want that thing now. Please heal him right now. Please do this right now. Which God can do that. Praise the Lord. Isn't that good? But this isn't Lazarus' story. His story is he's been dead in the, in the tomb for four days. A waiting season doesn't have to be, church, a what? A wasted season. Amen? You know, God doesn't mind waiting. You know, God's patient. He's been patient with you all of this time. And his ways are different from ours. What if what you're praying for and waiting for is part of a bigger miracle? You know what I'm saying? What if it's something that needs to marinate for a little while? That needs to soak for a little while? Because guess what? He has a purpose and a plan for everything. Let's look at this one more time. Look. John eleven three, Look at this again. So the sister sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. The one you love is sick. There's no exclamation marks, no come now, hurry. Lord, the one you love is sick. Mary and Martha weren't like, hey, we're your best friends. Like, come on, like, 
Like, we don't know what you're doing over there. But, you know, I find a lot of times when we're praying, we're, we, we say all of these things. We try to convince God to do his thing. And you know what? He will just heal. Amen? He will do what he wants to do, and his plans are bigger than ours, and he has a plan for it. You know, God hears you. Amen? He, he heard them loud and clear. Lord, the one you love is sick. Your friend. What if I said to you that the love of Jesus is all you need? Amen? Lord, the one you love is sick. Let's, let's look at the next verse. Let's see what Jesus does with this. John eleven four. When he heard this, look, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. And then guess what he did? Decided to wait two more days. And then the next verse, look, verse six. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. What if you're Mary and Martha? You're, gonna, you're having a hard time. And what do you do while you wait? I don't know exactly other than them writing this letter. People came to them. I don't know exactly what else they did. But my challenge for you is we worship while we wait. All right, the second one. Everybody say number two. Just because you're delayed doesn't mean you're denied. Just because you're delayed, church, doesn't mean you're denied. Right? We want everything right now. Understand there's something bigger happening in the background. Amen? Have you ever been, you know, in traffic and you're like, you're trying to go somewhere and just, you can't leave the house on time, you can't do this on time, and then you get to an accident that it had just happened? You were delayed on purpose. God spared you. He was taking care of you. It's not just for you. It's for his glory and others around you. But why not now? God, why can't you heal me right now? Why can't you take care of this situation right now? Just because you're delayed doesn't mean you're denied. I feel like a lot of you may feel like you've been denied of something. Maybe God promised you something. Maybe God gave you a dream. Maybe God gave you a vision and you feel like it's not happening as quick as what you were expecting or you've kind of given up on that. But guess what? Don't put a period where God puts a comma. Right? Because a lot of times we put a period. Well, that's not going to happen. But what if it's just a comma? And he did this. Comma, and this, comma. Is that where commas go? Am I good? Cool. Because someone's going to say later, that's not where you put a comma, Pastor Landon. Because guess what? He's not finished writing your story. It's not the end. Because if it was the end, it would be okay. But it's not okay yet, is it? That means it's not the end. There's no period yet. You're still moving. You're still breathing. You've still got blood pumping through your veins. Your heart is beating. Feel that? 
God is still, God can still do something in your life. I remember um, back in 2007, uh, Tara and I had just been married a couple years, and I, I worked full-time at a camp, and I prayed. I felt like I was supposed to be a youth pastor, so I had applied for this youth pastor position. We flew all the way from New Brunswick, Canada, all the way to a place called Denver, Colorado, and they hired me as their youth pastor, and so we went back home. We packed up all of our stuff. It was the middle of February, so you can imagine how cold it was in Canada. Last week, it was minus 35, where I'm from. That's cold. Is that cold? Yeah. Um, that's cold. Today, you're like, it's so windy and cold outside and frostproof today, Pastor Landon. No, it's not. It's not. I'll show you cold. So we packed up all of our stuff, had all of our paperwork in order, and we show up at the United States of America at the border. We showed them everything they told us to show them. Guess what? Denied. You are not welcome. <laughs> the guy said, you don't have the right stuff. Go back to where you came from. I'm like, oh, man, I thought I was supposed to be a youth pastor in, in Denver, Colorado. I thought this was what God's plan was for my life. So my American wife gets on the phone and every day and starts saying, hey, uh, this is what you asked for, this is what you said, and guess what? Three or I'd like to think it was four days later, we were on the phone and they finally said, you had everything done, you, you did everything the way you were supposed to do it, come. We gave up our apartment, we gave up everything we had in Canada yet to be denied at the very beginning of the journey. Just because you're delayed doesn't mean you're denied. We were delayed four days. So today is we wear our jersey day. So guess what jersey I get to wear now? Come on. And I'm proud to be here. I'm proud to be an American. Amen? But just because you are delayed doesn't mean you are denied. So back to the story. Jesus makes his way back, finds out Lazarus has been dead, for four days. Martha says when he comes up, he meet, she meets him on the road and says, Jesus, you're too late. You're too late. And he finds out that Lazarus has been dead for four days and he's in the grave. You waited too long. Jesus goes to the tomb, and guess what? He, he the shortest, this is a great uh, scripture for you to memorize if you have a hard time memorizing scripture. Jesus wept because he loved his friend. He was 100% man, and he wept. He's 100% God, so he knows the end of the story. 
Look what it says in John eleven twenty one to 24. It says, Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, right? Because she doesn't quite understand. She is thinking in the natural, isn't she? And you know what? A lot of times, church, we think in the natural, don't we? She saw him die. She saw that when they placed him in the tomb and rolled the stone over the entrance of the tomb. Look at her response. Look what she says. I know he will rise again in the resurrection of the last day. She's pretty much saying, Lord, I don't think you get it. You could have been here. You weren't here. But how, much, how many, many of us know just because you're delayed doesn't mean you're denied. So Mary takes Jesus to the tomb and Jesus says, roll it away. And then we pick up in the scripture here, verse 38. Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance, much like his own. Take away the stone, he said. Listen, but Lord Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there for four days. Do we need to turn the air up, wake some some of you up? Come on, everybody. Did you get your coffee today? All right, come on. But there was, at this time, there was a bad odor, for he had been there for four days. Jesus says, roll the stone away. Notice they're thinking in the natural, but the Lord is not good. He's been dead for four days, and you know by now it's not going to smell good. It's too late. I love Jesus that he pushes past the natural to the supernatural. And as his followers, church, we should push past the natural. What we see is not exactly how it's going to end. Amen? That Jesus is the one who raises the dead back to life. Amen? And just like the song we just sang, if he can do it then, he can do it now. Look what it says in Ephesians 3.20. It says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. What if I told you God can do more than what you expect? That he exceeds your expectations. You're like, well, I just kind of want this. And then God's like, no, no, we're going to do this. Amen? He exceeds it far more. So I want to tell you a little bit. According to Jewish customs, if you were in the grave for four days, that's when God takes your spirit on the fourth day. That's what the Jews thought. So I love it that all of these Jewish people came, and they're there with Mary and Martha comforting them. And I love that Jesus is like, I'm going to show everybody that what they think doesn't, what they think in the natural doesn't really matter in the supernatural. 
Isn't that good? Jesus exceeds our expectations. Mary and Martha wanted a healing right now. Jesus wanted a resurrection. Amen? So the last idea here I have for you today, I'm going to close with this one. Number three, what do you do when your situation doesn't line up with your expectation? What do you do when your situation doesn't line up with your expectation? He's about to give you a revelation, isn't he? You're like, revelation's a big word, Pastor Landon. I see it in the Bible. Revelation merely is that God will reveal something to you. Would you like God to reveal something to you today? Anybody? <laughs> he will reveal who he is. Show you who he is. Look at Mary and Martha. I know your situation doesn't, their situation wasn't lining up with what they expected. They were expecting Jesus to show up a day later. Lazarus is healed. Yay. Two points. Right? Is it two points? It's three, two, one. I don't know. I play hockey. Okay. Verse 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die, and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Jesus is like, I don't do resurrections. I am the resurrection. I embody all of that. I embody the resurrection and the life. You get around me, dead stuff comes back to life. Amen? Dead dreams, back to life. Dead relationships, spiritually dead people come back to life when you get around Jesus. Amen? We may be wanting to worry, but Jesus is saying, worship while you wait because I bring things back to life. It might be a process, but I'm on the way. I'll be there on time, on my time. Amen? Roll a stone away. No, Jesus, it smells. It doesn't look good. Only four times in the New Testament was someone raised to life. Jesus, Lazarus, the little boy, and the little girl. Four times. Four days on purpose. Four times on purpose. Roll the stone away. Then he speaks to the dead. He calls out his name and says, Lazarus, come forth. Imagine if he just spoke to the dead. Every, everybody in that place would be raised to life. But he spoke clearly. He said, Lazarus, come forth. And guess what happened? When Jesus speaks, something happens. Amen? Lazarus got up. 
He was covered with cloth, with strips. He looked like a mummy or something from a movie. And he comes out of there alive. Imagine what the onlookers were doing. It's like Esther now. She does this. There was a lot of people doing. My daughter's name is Esther. She's, she does it way better than me. And then Jesus says, take the grave clothes off. Guess what? He didn't need those clothes anymore because he was raised to life. He was once dead in the tomb for four days, and now he's alive, walking. Amen? Amen, yeah. The old way is gone. The new is here. Church, I've got news for you. Lazarus died again. Right? We all will. We were appointed to live and to physically die. However, it's not the end of his story. And on our deathbed, that's not the end of our story either, or it shouldn't have to be. Why? Because Jesus came to bring life and life to the full. He came to give you eternal life because of what he did on the cross for you and for me. The Bible says just at the right time, Christ died for you. Why? To bring you from death to life. Amen? And so when our expectations are worldly, they're like in the natural. Well, I need this today. I need this right now. And Jesus is like, oh, I've got such a bigger plan for your future that you couldn't even imagine. The things I'm going to do in you, if you say yes and follow me, will be out of this world. But a lot of times we're like, well, I kind of just like the natural I kind of just like what I'm doing right now. Just at the right time, Christ died for you. Amen. What you do when your situation doesn't line up with your expectations, Jesus says, I'm going to give you revelation. I'm going to reveal it to you. Can we stand for a moment today before we go? I want to challenge each person in the room today to just bow their head for a moment. Don't worry about the people around you. I want to challenge you with this today. Have you put expectations on God because your situation wasn't quite going the way you think it should? Are you worrying instead of worshiping? Jesus is asking you today, will you follow me? Will you take a step to follow me? Will you allow me to transform your life? 
Will you allow me to share the hope? Will you allow me to save you? Will you allow me to heal you? Will you allow me in? Because guess what? The Holy Spirit, God, he's a gentleman. He's not going to force his way. He's going to wait for you to say yes. He's going to wait for you to call on his name. And once you do, guess what? He will be there. He will transform you into this amazing creation. The Bible says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Amen? The old is gone. The new is here. So today, will you follow Jesus? Today, will you recommit your life and say, I've been, I've been running, I've been worried, I've been focused on me. Maybe today you're saying, this is the day I need to, to really say yes to Jesus. Would you just raise your hand and say, that's me. I want to follow Jesus today. I want to, I want to say yes. Thank you. Thank you. So many people. Yes, I'm going to follow him. Now open your eyes for a moment. I want to show you this scripture. And this scripture shows you, shows you the words, right? Shows you what to say here. Look, Romans 10, 9 to 10, it says, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. So Jesus is Lord, meaning Lord means he's leading my life. I put him at the number one place. Him alone. Not any other person, not any other thing, not any other Religion, I'm putting him as Lord and leader of my life. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, look what the Bible says. You will be saved. Saved from what? Saved from hell. Saved from a, a, an eternity without God. Saved from a lot of junk in this world. That's good news, isn't it? Look at this, verse 10. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Amen? So if you raise your hand right there, or you want to say this prayer after me, we can pray this together. Would we pray this together? Jesus, I declare you Lord of my life. I believe in my heart that you raised from the dead. Lord, thank you for my life. Forgive me. I want to follow you. Give me the gift of your Holy Spirit. Thank you for saving me. Thank you that you give me eternal life that you raise the dead in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. Can we celebrate today? I want to tell you this. I love this. This, this is the last scripture. This is what the Bible says from Jesus' very words. It's in red in my Bible. John 5, 24 says this about you. Very truly I tell you, those of you that prayed this, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life 
It will not be judged, but has crossed from death to life. Can we shout some praise to the Lord today? Come on, church. We can celebrate that you went from death to life. Amen. That God's doing something new in you and transforming you into who he's called you to be. Amen. Praise the Lord.